Chris Rabel. What's going on, everybody? Hey, welcome to episode 24, I think. Wow. I honestly don't know. I don't know. I've lost track. Um, No, I think it's 24. um, And uh, we're still going strong. Um, We are thankful that you guys are here and enjoying our videos. Um, And uh, don't forget to comment in all of our YouTube. uh, that's usually the place we check mostly, but you can comment on our social media, but comment in the YouTube specific to a video and we'll try to get to some of those questions. Um, I know that we did a question and answer one uh, few back uh, and that was a lot of fun. But if you guys have specific questions, um, you know, put them in the YouTube part of that and we will, uh, we'll get to it um, as soon as we can. Um, what do you want to talk about today, Chris? I just started thinking maybe we should do soon. We should do another Q and a or a, not in a Q and a, but to pull from that list. Cause there's been some good dialogue going on in there. Yeah, um, for sure. For sure. I like watching um, the banter between people too. When it doesn't have <laughs> shit to do with us after a while. <laughs> That's pretty cool. The, the social media fight going on in the comments or whatever. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, we have guests, frequent guest contributors there. Thank yes, you. we do. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but as far as today, let's uh, blah, 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 blah. let's talk about the gear, gearing up for a tour, prepping. You know what our process is. Yeah, so uh, it's something that I thought would be interesting is um, from getting hired, and maybe even talk a little bit about how that happens a lot for you and for me. Um, up until uh, rehearsals, like, what does that look like? You know what I mean? It's like. Um, <laughs> Uh, I know for me, um, I'll start us off for the, like getting hired. This is a word of mouth business, right? So every, almost every opportunity that I get these days is not necessarily me, um, phoning up management or phoning up people. Although a lot of this is keeping in touch with people, right? Yes. Um, so it is important that you network and that you have a group of people that you think are going to help your career, um, and, and keep in touch with those people and let them know. Um, like I find that I will, um, lose touch with somebody, a manager, let's say, and that manager like won't call me for like a year and a half. And during that time period, I was available, you know, for several months here and there. I just forgot to call that guy back. And then finally, when I talked to him, he's like, oh, yeah, I just figured you were busy, Um, which is, you know, that sucks. It's like, oh, man, had I had I kept up with that guy, then it's possible I could have filled in those couple of months that I that I wasn't working. Um, So it's important as far as networking goes. did that, you, you know, I was going to say the videos we had, we were talking about uh, retainer and, you know, contracts and that's the double-edged sword of that is someone just assumes you're with Iron Maiden every day of the year or with whoever they knew you with last, sure. you know? Yeah. So you do, and you have to tend the, the earth there, you know, you, <laughs> you need to definitely do. Yeah. Fertile and just touch base with people. So yeah, I'm with you on that for sure. Um, 
So what does that look like to you? Like, you know, as far as touching base, where, um, who, where do you get most of your work from? I guess that's just the question. Where does it come from? Yep. It's changed ever since I entered the food chain of kind of the circles that, that you and I are in, at least it's interesting to watch the arc because there's some sources and I know it's the same with you that have stayed the same and consistent throughout. And then there are these other players that at any given moment are the star. They have the starring role in my, and it might, that might last for a couple of years and then they kind of rescind and then someone else steps forward. Um, I think for me, it's usually, well, you know, I haven't, I've kind of juggled the same gigs for a couple of years now. So that being said, I've kind of fallen out of uh, a lot of frequent contact with folks, but I'm, but I'm mindful to what we're talking about here to touch base enough. You know what I mean? Sure. But I haven't sure. had to sort it recently, nor has one come my way that I could do. But so it tends to be, it's one of two things for me, production managers, uh, and sound companies placing me through the, through the production manager. I really don't have any management companies that I'm tied in so, with, so to speak. And I feel like you do, right? Uh, I do, but you know, let's take a step back because, uh, and we'll, and we'll get to that, but the, mm -hmm. the, let's be very clear about the symbiotic relationship that happens between a sound company and someone like yourself. Um, this happens a lot with front of house guys. I'm not too sure about monitor guys and how that all works. Um, but from my perspective as a front of house guy, most of my work comes from my contacts in sound companies. Um, yes. And so there's this weird symbiotic relationship where if you have um, a stable of different guys in different companies, let's say most of them are, um, uh, account reps or salesmen basically, um, that are, have their finger on the pulse of whatever the latest artists are. Um, and literally they, the sound company will have meetings once a week and kind of talk about who they're, you know, up and coming clients and who they want to place there as a front of house engineer. So the, the power that that um, uh, sales rep or account rep has is pretty huge in my life. Um, that guy has to often fight for me in a huge sales meeting amongst a, a, a giant sound company. Um, and the, this relationship that happens that you have to prove over a, a, a certain amount of time is that no matter what, you are going to have the back of that sound company if that sound company was instrumental in you getting hired. So the mistake yes. that a lot of people make in this little section that we're talking about is they think that they got hired, uh, someone within outside of the sound company got them the job and then they may or may not support that sound company, that makes you a volatile engineer to that sound yes. company, right? And so I, I have literally watched a, a bunch of engineers that kind of, you know, they're literally asking me like, well, how come, you know, 
so-and-so doesn't call me anymore. And, and I have to kind of step back and, and say to him, like, listen, man, I mean, I know what happened, you know, a year ago where you were not supportive of that sound company. So how can you expect them to be supportive of you? So there's this symbiotic relationship that you need to pay attention to as a front of house engineer, I guess as a monitor engineer too. I'm not sure really how that works on that end. Um, mm -hmm. but, but I know that they are, this sound company is the connection to me and management. And there's this weird triangle between those three things that if you back the sound company in any sort of situation, they will have your back if anything goes wanky on your end. Um, so it's really integral in the saving your gig kind of thing and being uh, in a situation where all parties are in alignment with uh, you being the guy, right? Or girl. Um, so, uh, I, I just think it's really important that we kind of get across to people how important that relationship is. Um, to me, I have relationships with managers, but to me, it's way more my relationship with Clear Brothers, Sound Image, Eighth Day, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. My relationships that I have with all of those various companies are way more important than relationships with managers. I let the sales rep and the account rep of those sound companies have that relationship with the manager. And I'm part of that relationship, but I'm just a point in the triangle. If the, if right. You, well, yeah. And they, and because they serve as the catalyst that gets us there, yes. you know, and it's so funny and listening to you talk, it's like, this, this is clearly specific to our business. That's why you guys, you and I are speaking. And that's why these guys are, are listening. You know, of course, we're talking about our live sound business, but this really kind of just speaks to being like a decent human being. Like it should go without saying, both on like a karmic level and on a just be business savvy enough to realize like, okay, if this person is my, is the conduit to getting me there, I need to recognize that and basically never question it. What happens is guys get down the line and they start believing their own hype or the hype that's bestowed upon them. And next thing you know, the narrative has changed and they got the gig. That's right. And, you know, and they lose sight of, of who ultimately put them there. And yeah, and you know, and when I sit here and I think about the production managers that I do know, virtually all of those relationships were fostered through a sound company's involvement. Yep. That's and, true. You, and you know, it's, uh, I said earlier, well, it's been a minute since I really drummed up a gig. Um, but you know, as well as I do, well, because we do talk to these people, um, and we just keep in touch with them. Again, you just kind of tend to the fire, just kind of make sure it's still burning over there. And you'll hear often, yeah, your name came up in a sales meeting, yeah. you know, that this, this round table sort of thing. And so again, that's where it is important to, 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 to keep those relationships going because that's what keeps you in the conversation. Yeah. You know? And let's not forget that the world revolves around money guys. And that's just the way that it is. So if you are being put up for a gig, it's because you are going to protect the millions of dollars yes. that the sound company is going to make. And the, and they in turn will protect your thousands of dollars that you're going to make. Right. Right. And so, and your, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 go. Go ahead. 
I was going to say, and you know, and it is your, our involvement that is of just as much investment as their literal gear. In other words, they're choosing us, using us, utilizing us. We have this mutually beneficial relationship because their relationship with us is an investment because we go out just like their gear will provide results. We will provide results for them, even if we're not getting paid for them. You know what I mean? Totally. It's, it's, it's that thing. They're investing in us. They're, they're, they're putting us forth more or less is not their product, but kind of, yeah. you know, and one thing I definitely want to say here um, that I feel very strongly about is if you were hired, had anything to do with you being hired from a sound company, don't ever take that and go to another sound company. Um, you, there are amazing engineers in this industry that cannot find work because they did just that. They got a gig and then said, you know what? I'm king shit. I'm going to bring this to so-and-so right. now, right? Right. And right. I'll tell you, all you guys out there, it ends poorly. No matter Always. what, what that company is offering you. And by the way, I don't ever want to work for a company that wants me to steal a gig and bring it to them. You know, right. if, if they're operating like that, then that's not a company that I want to deal with because right. that's super slimy and it's just not right. Um, there are, there's plenty of work for, I mean, not right now, <laughs> but uh, right. there's plenty of work um, when we're working for every company to not be like, you know, involving the front of house engineer in stealing a gig. Now, mm -hmm two account reps fighting for something and doing, you know, shady shit to get the gig. Okay. But that doesn't mm -hmm. involve me. Um, but from my perspective as a front of house engineer, I have, I hold my head high with integrity that I have never done that and won't do that. And because of that, I keep getting work from various sound companies. I don't just get my work from one sound company. I get it from various sound companies because they know that if they get me the gig, I will protect their interests at all costs. Um, and that's really how I feel, guys, really 100%. If a sound company gets me the gig, then that's the sound company, period. And I will yep. do whatever it takes to, you know, with an artist to do my best to keep the sound company in that, you know, in the running. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You know, I've been in situations where... Other forces were working against me, right? You had a production manager and maybe a manager that weren't happy with the sound company that I have been hired for. And I have literally said to the manager and the production manager, guys, if you guys decide to go somewhere else, you're going to lose me because I am aligned with this sound company and I have been aligned with them for 20 years nothing against you guys, but mm -hmm. you're going to lose me too. If the sound company goes, I'm just telling you. Um, and it's, it's happened in a couple of bad ways and it's happened in a couple of good ways where I protected the interest in the, of that sound company and the sound company has remained. And in the end, everybody was happy about that relationship. Um, but I've also literally been asked 
by an account rep to walk into a dressing room and say to the artist, you know, who doesn't give a shit about what's their company. They don't know. I know. I know. Which is, you know, so a, an account rep asking me to do that is kind of a guy that's out of touch with reality. Like, okay, fine. You want me to walk into this dressing room and say to the principal artist, Hey, uh, you know, there's a, there's these other forces working against me to take away this sound company. That artist doesn't give a shit. No. In fact, you've already pissed them off by exactly. that. by like, walking that's in there. Immediate yeah. eye roll. Yeah. In, even if it's just internal, no one that's, wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear that. So no. I'm just saying, I'm telling you examples of what has happened to me over the, my career. Um, that's one of the things that's happened to me um, in regards to, saving a gig for a sound company. Um, so anyway, I, I just thought it was, it might be interesting, um, you know, to share with you guys just how important that relationship is and that you should be as a young gun in this industry, you should be fostering those relationships. You know, I think that some guys think that they should be going after a manager that manages multi, you know, a bunch of bands. Now that relationship is a good relationship to have as well. I mean, I, I have those relationships. I keep in contact with some of those, but they are generally not a super large artist. They are, um, you know, theater club kind of artist that maybe doesn't use a sound company all the time or maybe uses only board groups. Um, so my relationship is with a sound company in that case is not going to get me anywhere. Um, the relationship with the manager will get me a gig because he'll hire me and then I'll, you know, um, be able to, to choose what gear. Now that's another thing that we should talk about is, um, when you have the opportunity to scratch the back of a sound company, you mm -hmm. should absolutely throw them a bone if they've been good to you, right? And that, there again, that should go without saying that this is a, even though these people could be the most legitimate, of become the most legitimate of friends, we are all in a business. Like we're talking to one another. The smallest for business in the world, by the, the way. But smallest yeah. business in the world. And that's all the more reason to handle yourself in a certain way on a business level. You know what I mean? Like it feels good to be uh, loyal to whoever has gotten you to that point, but, but also to be very open about the fact that you are waving the neutral flag in general, like an, at least for me, it feels good to be Switzerland. Like eighth day knows I work with Claire. Claire knows I work with it, it, it's and just keep plugging them all. Everyone knows. And that's great too, because then you don't ever have to hide anything. That's or, right. Or, and that you're also no one's, this is what you were saying, you know, basically no one is afraid to call you. Like they know if, if you get the call, then, then you're going to be, you know, you're in their corner. Um, and that, and that's a really good feeling to, to, to be known that way too, because you were saying it never ends well when guys, you know, kind of take, take a gig somewhere for nefarious reasons or just to stir the waters or just to get the thrill of the power play. The best possible scenario you could get out of that is you are now stuck with that company forever and you have 
work with that company. And to your point, that's the same company that did the kind of shady thing to get you there. So you're just, you're stuck in this foxhole with some shithead company, you know? Like, and that's, I, that's your lot in life. You're that guy. You know? I, I don't understand it unless you're getting paid millions of dollars or something. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I just don't. I mean, even yeah. then, I wouldn't do that. That's, and I know that you wouldn't either. There are people on this planet that would. But I'm just saying, if you're going to do that, you're stuck with that company. They better be paying you so much money. I, like, you yeah. guys better be splitting the, the, right. <laughs> the millions right. or something. I, mean, I just don't understand it. And I've watched it you're happen. There forever. Yeah. I've watched it yeah. happen a lot, actually. Um, and so... Um, yeah, man, I think that, you know, we've talked about this before. I think part of the reason that you and I keep getting work is our humbleness and our, um, honesty and our, uh, um, you know, our integrity, I guess like those, mm -hmm. those three things are what people respect in general. It doesn't have to be this business. Like you said, it could be any, anything, but if you have those three things of, you know, um, that you gain respect from people, they will continue to work for, with you regardless of how good of a mixer you are. That's the point I'm trying to like get across to you is, um, there are very successful mixers out there uh, who are pretty okay mixers let's just say yeah yeah um, right totally you know what i mean like not you totally. know not badass you know and i'm not saying i'm that badass guy i'm just no, saying no, i'm just saying that there are mixers out there that i've been to a bunch of their shows and been like yeah i mean you know it's yeah it, it's and they're good. known as like the guy in often right. cases or one of the guys you right. know, but so how did they not, get there? How did they get there? And this is how they, they got how to, there, right? This, that's how they, they know how to play that side of, of, of the thing, you know? Yeah, um, that's right. It's being coming, coming to the table is both. That's what's most impressive. So, yeah, um, definitely. Um, so I just thought that kind of having a conversation about where most of my work comes from and, and um, you know, now it's a lot of work when I'm not working, I'm calling a lot of yes. those people. Like, you know, yeah. if I'm looking for work, I'm not just sitting here, you know, thankfully I'm blessed. And a lot of times the phone will ring from somebody that I haven't reached out to. And, and so I'm very lucky in that way, but it took a lot of years to get to that point. Um, I think early on in my first 10 years of my career, or even first 15 years of my career, I would be sitting at home, like staring at the phone going, shit, is this, work? Is this thing, thing going to fucking yeah. ring or not? You know? Right. Um, right. But, but that put a, you know, a bug in the rug for me to fucking start making phone calls and network and um, have relationships with, with people. Um, yeah. And there's an art to it. And I, and I got to tell you at times, I enjoy, I mean, one of the biggest thrills in a tour of when you go back and look at the whole tour, one of the biggest thrills was when you got that call. I mean, that is just like giddiness, you know, totally. and pan and terror and, you know, <laughs> overwhelm. Yeah, totally. And all, all, all of those things at once. So that's like, that's a, that's a great moment. And 
if you're not doing it in a douchey way because you're honest in yourself and you don't have to play a, play a role every time you call these people, having those people to call can kind of be sort of fun. You know, nothing's fun when you're, you have no idea where it's going, you know? Right, 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 right. Kind of like what we're all going through right now. But that can be kind of, it can be kind of fun to keep, the, to, to keep active in that way. So, yeah, for sure. Embrace, learn, learn how to do it. Like just, you don't have to change who you are. You don't have to become some used car salesman, but learn, learn how to just foster relationships with people. You know, it will, it will pay dividend. It will. Absolutely. And, and, um, I mean, I'll give you, I'll give you an example of how those calls go for me. Hey man, how you been? Haven't talked to you in like six months. What's, what's going on? Tell me about your family, what's happening, you know? Um, and as you get closer and closer to this person, maybe you, you've had a lot of, uh, face-to-face meetings, you've been to dinners with them, you know, whatever. Um, then it's really just a catch-up call to see how they are and put your name in the front part of their cranium. And you can think of it as much as just literally, uh, just, it, just a billboard in there for their face to file, just like, okay, Chris Rabel's with or I just spoke to him or, you know what I mean? You're just totally yeah, it out there. You're, you are putting the, in the forefront of their brain that, Oh, I just spoke to pooch. Um, and he said that he wasn't available and boom, this gig just showed up. Let's put pooch there. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. what you have to do to, to, um, nurture that, that relationship. And that's all it is. It's not me calling him every other day going, dude, you got any work, got any work. No, because then you become the right. Then you're the boy who cried wolf. Essentially, like you're so prevalent that they just quit hearing you. You know exactly. So to me, it's about nurturing a human relationship that pays dividends, but not mm. so much that you're you're just calling them because all you know. Because after a while, they're going to start saying, "Well, fucking pooch only calls me when he fucking needs a gig." You know exactly. Exactly. In um, fact, I called someone today from Claire for something and I, and I opened with that line because it's, <laughs> it's Sunday at 1.45 during a pandemic and I call this guy I haven't spoke to in a couple of years and, and he's like, what is going on here? And I'm like, well, I only call when I want something, when I want something clearly, you know, and then we caught up and shot the shit and it was fucking awesome. It was great, you know, but yeah, that's yeah. like, it yeah. wasn't uncomfortable. It wasn't weird to call him. Yeah. So, that's, so that's- however you can start fostering those relationships. That's just the bottom line. Like um, whatever that means, if you get work in some other fashion um, right now uh, and a sound company representative shows up, um, it make it a plan to get to know that guy while that guy is there in the afternoon. If you don't know him, get to know him. I'll tell you real quick before we kind of move down the line with this whole idea I'll tell you the way as far as like getting to know people and know who's around and know who you need to know and this and that. I was on Lady Gaga in 2013. We went through Vegas. The LD had done, of course, I'd never done any country music before aside from living in Nashville and you're just kind of around it. So I'm on this big pop tour, right? And the LD had done Tim McGraw and Faith Hill with this guy. This guy had then in turn gone on to do Kenny Chesney and did and had been with Kenny for a number of years and had become this figure for sure. I see this guy out of the corner of my eye and I've just like seen him in like a trade mag, you know, never spoke to him. And I'm like, 
I look at him, the brain does the whole Terminator, just, just figure it out. I'm like, oh, okay. I know who that is. Yeah. You know, note self, he's back there. Next thing you know, the LD, who's a friend of mine, introduces me to this guy real quick. Hey, man, how you doing? Glad to make it. We do the show. Show went really well. The guy comes up after it's over and just starts chatting me up. And he's really complimentary. He's a super nice guy. And I mean, I stop what I'm doing and make sure, first of all, thank you for being cool. And yeah. then second of all, like, okay, let's have this moment. We had that moment. It lasted for five minutes. Next thing you know, the artist I'm with or whatever she did, this mega tour cancels. The tour is over. We all go home. I, it had been so grueling, to be quite honest with you. I was kind of happy we were done. But then at about the two-week mark, I'm starting to have the, oh, shit. No, we need to work. Literally at that time, the phone rings. Kenny Chesney has decided to move on from their longtime front of house engineer. They have their first stadium show in four days. <laughs> Start tour. Can you get on a plane tomorrow? And that, that all stemmed from that five-minute totally. conversation that was coupled with the presentation of the show. You know what I mean? And, I, I and it wasn't lost on me who I was talking to. So you yeah, just yeah. – you never know where it's going to come from. Just get to get to know people. Talk totally to them. it. So that's how you get into the queue to be selected. But let's not forget about talking how important a production manager and front of house relationship is too. You know, I know you mentioned mm -hmm. before that um, we don't usually, at least I don't usually get work from a production manager. That's unusual. That happens every once in a while um, for me. However, the relationship with me and big time production managers is super important because a sound, the way that a sound company operates is they get a list together of guys and they say, okay, these four front of house guys are available. We recommend Pooch, but these other three are available. Here's the list. You can put the resume in front of the artist or whatever, but that list is going to the production manager. And so yes. if you've pissed that production manager off or if you've had a weird relationship with that guy or whatever, he is immediately able to come through. Yeah. You're, you're going to get the kibosh. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, you know, come on, this all stems to like, don't make anybody your enemy. I don't care how shitty they are. Um, you know, uh, guy, I watch guys walk around and, and have this relationship with production managers that is really toxic. And, yeah. and I look at it and I go, man, that is going to come bite you in the ass 10 years from now when this dude is the biggest production manager in the business, you're yes. going to be screwed. Yep. Yep. Um, and you never know who you meet along the way where they're going to end up. You know what I mean? You 100%. never know. You never know. And, and staying on the good side of those production managers, it's kind of like you were talking like with management. I too haven't gotten jobs directly through management, but I have relationships with so that at the point, like that resume, that list is first going to be generated by the sound company. It's probably going to the production manager. Yep. You're going to disseminate it to whoever, the artist, the MD, the band, whoever, whoever matters. Um, you, at a certain point, it might make it to management. Like you said, management kind of doesn't care. But if it does, hey, man, how great is that if they know they're like, oh, yeah, oh, yep. he killed it on such and such. In fact, they're happy to be able to, to input something they don't usually speak upon, you know? 
So yeah. staying in everyone, everyone's good graces in those ways, just it, it matters. It spider webs down, right? Like, so all of your relationships that you've had in the past all matter, right? I have mm-hmm. um, gotten a gig because a sound company recommended me to a production manager that knew me to a manager that knew me, to an MD that made a call. He didn't know me, but he made a call to another MD. And that MD who knew me vouched for me. And that's how I got the job. Like literally that was the, the, the link. And all of those things had to be in place for me to get that position. So I hope you guys are seeing how important relationships are um, in order for you, you know, cause this is a question I get asked all the time, like on these stupid, you know, master classes or whatever I, I do. I, I am always asked like, how do I get your job? And it's like, I'm telling you right now, this is how you get it. You have, right. a, you have a relationship <laughs> with people and those people get you the job. Um, yep. and, and don't, whatever you do, don't be the dick. Don't be a dick. If you're, yeah. you know, you're, you're not going to get hired. I don't care how good of a mixer are you are. If you're a dick, it's sorry. I don't right. want to deal with you. I don't want to, you know, um, yeah. like I said, um, huge mixers, mixers definitely better than me, um, are not able to get work. Mm-hmm. So, um, cool. All right. Well, that's enough on that subject. Um, I, I just thought that it might be cool for guys to kind of hear how important the relationship is, um, you know, with management and that type of shit. Um, can you speak to a little bit, like, what's your process? You get the gig, right? The gig mm-hmm. is yours. You've been approved by the 14 person right. committee right? <laughs> right. who all say, okay, you know what? Chris Raybold is the guy. Um, right. what, what's your first step? What do you do? Yep. The first step, like a lot of times, you know, there's, it brews for a little while. There's talks. So if that's the case, you're all, that's when it starts. Like once the talks start and I can tell there's some reality to it, they have some teeth, then I'll start planning. And the second it becomes official, I am, I will, is for me is, uh, the spec first of all. You know what I mean? Is putting the spec together. Like, what do I need to accomplish this? And let's just assume it's a gig that provides you with the ability to spec what you need, or you know what the gig is and you, you kind of know what their budget is and how this works. So I move right to, it's a series of phone calls. It's, it's, it's speaking to that production manager and anyone else, the MD, the art, whatever, whoever it is. It's a series of calls like, great, man. I'm glad this is happening. Here we go. So there's you touch base on a political level. And then for me, it's just sitting down at my computer and pulling up templates and trying to remember exactly. And I mean, down to the mic stand that I use for my talk back at front of house, literally every single last piece of the puzzle, as far as gear goes. And a lot of times if you've, you need to kind of like brush up on what's current. If you're, if it's a, I'm like, wait, what version am I on now? Or what, what <laughs> interface am I using for that? You know, cause you, a lot of times you'll sit on tour for a couple of years and just roll with whatever you have. Um, so yeah, it moves right to the spec for me cool. and then acquiring an input list, um, to obviously that you, you need, you need the pertinent information 
which is absolutely an input list. Doesn't mean if you've been newly hired, you don't have to stick to that, but you do need to know what you're working with, you know? So I would say that input list, uh, equipment spec. Cool. Um, I'm right there with you. I mean, those are the important things. The, the first things for me are the touch base with the, uh, you know, the right people. Um, I've ran into a lot where maybe an MD doesn't really know what that input list is going to look like. Like it's, it's a little yes. bit crazy sometimes where you're sitting there like having to guess. I know. You, you have to ask the right questions, right? Like you have to say, yep. hey, do you have any idea like what, what's the size of the drum kit? And, you know, or do yep. you have the drummer's number? Can I call him just to have a conversation to figure out, you know, because there's vast differences between a guy that has, you know, a rock kit with two toms and, um, you know, uh, somebody that has, you know, uh, 20 toms, you know. So you, yeah, you need to know, <laughs> know that kind of shit. Right. Absolutely. Eight stereo keys versus a B3 and a Correct. mic. Yeah, yeah that's like, right. And, and the beauty of the soft patch age is like, just put it wherever and I'll move it. Man, it's nice when you've got this one, oh, man. one thing. I know. It matches up. And when you make your show file and everything fits perfectly on the layers and all of that stuff's important. That's not just, that, that stuff matters. So it yeah. does. It does. Yep. Now I do one other step in this day and age that I didn't used to do because I didn't have the ability to do it. But one of the very first things when I get asked to, or get hired, when I know that I'm hired with uh, um, an artist is to go straight to YouTube and start watching mm -hmm. all kinds of live shit, previous live performances. And from that, figure out what I like and what I don't like about a previous live performance. Um, and then along with the spec for me is pretty intensive record study. Like, do you, do you do yes. that? Do you? Okay. Oh, yeah. So I've what does that, phone. what does that look like? Literally their whole catalog. Yep. Everything, 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 everything. And something else that's available to us now Sometimes if it's a really proactive production, they'll push this stuff your way, but you can go and just search set list. Just find out what they've been playing. Look at the most recent tour, find out. I mean, I've got so much random shit that comes on my uh, Apple music, formerly iTunes from where it's just some artists that I got a call to maybe work with that it made it to like 75% of reality. <laughs> and then it went away and I have seven albums yep. that play. So I, I do that. So I do this cross-reference thing where I'm looking at their set list and then I do some research like, okay, who are these people? Like I never hardly ever know anything about any of these acts I get hired for. I'm like, what are their hits? You know, yep. I find out what their hits. So there's this whole like, uh, you know, sort of detective work that you have yeah. to do. Well, and that's, that and that's, absolutely tr that's the truth right there, dude. I mean, honestly, at least most of the time that I get hired, I know the artist and maybe mm -hmm. a song, a song, <laughs> and a then, song. you know, whatever their biggest hit is. Uh, and, and so then delving into their whole catalog and trying to figure out, you know, um, yeah. what's cool about it. And what's fun in that for me is, um, I'll give you an example, um, system of a down, um, mm -hmm. before I started working for that band, I like, didn't get that band at all. They were around me because I was working for other rock bands. 
Um, mm-hmm. And so we'd be on OzFest and System of a Down would be the opening act or whatever on, and I was working for somebody else, Lincoln Park or Limp Bizkit. Um, and I didn't get them at all. But when I got the call to, for the gig and I got their whole catalog and started learning their stuff, I was like, oh, I get this band. Like, I understand what's happening. And so um, it's really interesting that whole learning the everything about that artist um, is a really interesting journey for me. Now, what this is really important, guys, that you should pay attention to is that when I first meet any artist... I am pretty well-versed in their entire catalog. And I can even have a conversation about a specific song with that artist prior to me meeting them. You know what I mean? So I just want to get the point across of how important it is to I study. I used to make yeah. a binder. I don't do it anymore. I keep it on my laptop. But I used to literally make a binder. I got a, I got a good one. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, basically, you're coming to the table. You're loaded. Like, you're fully loaded. You're yeah. ready with all the – you're going to know what they're talking about. That's that's super important. Something that I used to do – this was crazy. I don't do this anymore. And maybe I would if I felt inclined. Part of what I would do, too, is I would just to learn the songs. I, again, I'd figure out what the hits are, what I think we're going to play. And I would make these spreadsheets that were literally like verse one, yes. chorus, but I mean, I would do that. And I, and I, I mean, that was always part of my process. Um, and I kind of stopped as of late, but yeah, that's a, that's an example of, and I might use it. Like I might, I mentioned that we were talking one of it. We did one about uh, track versus band. And when you have like, I use some of those to tell me when it's track and when it's live vocal. And then sometimes it's just notes, but more than anything, it's just studying. It's like being a kid with note cards, yep. you know? And you're learning just kind of by involvement with it. Something that's so funny too, what you were saying. So many times when a bit of music comes my way that is now part of my world and I need to shepherd it, it, you know, to where it's going, suddenly I do take interest in it. And I can absolutely find what is of value in that music, even if it's not to my personal tastes, you know? 100%. And then to take that a step further, between the preparation process that we're talking about, the studying process, and then rehearsals, uh, there is a inherent brainwashing type thing that happens. Like you're just, I mean, that's how pop radio works. Yes. You know, they just slam you with it at the grocery and in the car and in the elevator. And then it's just this onslaught before you know it. You're, you're just like, yes, I like this. Yes, I understand it. Um, yep. So when you start to come around a certain music, particularly if it's a genre that's not really your thing, like that's kind of cool, man. You know, yeah. that's what, and that also is like understanding what the audience is coming from or coming for, you know, what does this do for them? What's, what's the vibe? That, that, that's a cool exploratory kind of thing. It's interesting because I, when I say I study, I am not studying the song or the lyrics even like, I don't even pay attention to the lyrics. I don't pay attention to the melody really, or the song. What I'm studying is, what that song sounds like and are what are signature moments in that song that are needed to get the song across. Yep. Um, 
So uh, there's always something within the recording that is like, it's a hook, but it's not a melodic hook. It's a, it's something about that was um, a sound that was used in the recording that I go, I make a special note. That's like, this sound is important. You know? Well, you think about I'm sitting here as you talk, I'm, I'm trying to come up with an analogy and it's almost like we've been given a sketch of this house yes. and we are the architects that are rebuilding it. So what are the focal points? What are the accents? What absolutely, it's so funny you said this. I did some consulting with a guy today and I'm like, okay, let's listen to the track. And he hits the track and I did exactly what you're saying as far as I'm like, what, what is the sonic? What's what immediately is the thing? Yeah. You know, that's so it. you're talking about looking for the sonic, the sonic, Signature, the foundation yeah yeah all of that so that's yeah. that's really cool i'm with you there yeah because let's face it our job as life sound engineers is to already look at a house that's built and mm -hmm. recreate the house and yes. maybe it's, it's you, you want parameters. exactly in you Reality. want the house to have your signature, right? You want the house mm -hmm. to be a little bit different. Like you're going to yep. make the gables, you know, a little bit yep. different. Yep. Um, yep. But there's already a house that everyone knows. They know yep. that that green and white house exists and your house better be green and white. <laughs> right. Right. Or, or, you know, um, so I, I hope you guys understand that. Um, but uh, anyway, okay, so we've gotten spec, we've um, studied um, yep. anything else in your process uh, before you actually yeah. go to the production rehearsal Well, or, it's, or thought, regular rehearsal? Right. I thought it was what you were getting ready to say because um, I know you, you do this too. I mean, and they really might happen at the same time. Let's say I think I have an idea of what the input list is, is I'm, as I'm making the, the spec, it's maybe concurrently I've started a show file. And that is something available to us now. I did something with Digico the other day and it came up in conversation. And I, was, I was just saying, man, if the two biggest things that have been a benefit to me in my career is, our, is offline software yep. playback. Yep. You know? 100%. And I started, I started the conversation with digital consoles. And, but so because of digital consoles, there's A and B. There's playback and there's offline softwares and, and offline software. Um, and I make extensive use of that. So, and, and I, you know, I know you do the same thing and that's fun too. I mean, I guys, I have my show file so ready to go when I show up that there are high passes already engaged where I know I'm going to start pannings already done. You know, there's all, of course it can change. Do you do that kind of stuff too? Where you're hundred percent dude. So, you know, yeah. that day that you came to visit me working with my cousin, Mayor Morris, yeah. Yeah. that was the I can't remember if that was the first day or the second day. I, I think, think it was the first. I think it was. And yeah. so I already, like in the first hour and a half, kind of already had a mix together because right. I spent three days of eight hours a day in the sure. offline file prior to yeah. arriving, looking at the input list, putting the channels where I needed them to go, high pass filtering, even putting in presets, my own kick drum, my own snare drum, before I've even heard the, yep. the instrument. Um, I'll move a few points to where I usually go on that, totally. on that instrument. So that yep. when I engage it, I'm like, somebody key patch cool, I'm at 300. You yep. know, it's like anything. All anything. my 
all my busing is patched to the way that I normally look at it. Um, I spend hours and hours and hours and hours in offline. Uh, and I agree with you. It's the number. There's two tools that have totally changed my workflow and, and made it to where I uh, succeed. And both of them are, are what you said, playback and, and offline software. So, um, yeah, I mean, show up to the gig. And, and so that's why it's important to have all of that information before you get there. You need to know how, mm-hmm. you know, what, what your input list is in order to make that offline file. Yeah. So. I thought of something interesting thing. It wasn't a tour, but it was a one-off I did. Um, and it was this big showcase thing with an orchestra and all this shit. And it was mega players out of LA, but there was no, there was no input list and no one could ever generate one for me. Wow. And the day, and I went to prep the rig and the night, finally, the night before it left, again, talking about detective work, I'm like, all right, let's think about this. Have you gotten backline for these guys? And he's like, yeah, well, I mean, I've talked to everybody. I'm like, shoot, this is like 1130 at night. <laughs> I'm like, shoot me the, cause the production Shoot manager. me the backline list. Yeah. Shoot me the backline list. And you know what, man? We nailed it. We got That's it. Awesome. Perfect. I had like, Mm, maybe he'll bring a spare here and there. We didn't have to move a thing. Yep. And it was chaos when yep. we got there. Thank God we had that, you know? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Yeah. be creative, figure it out. That is, somewhere. man. I know. I um, about something. You mentioned your busing. I think I'm going to, I need to make like a stock Digico uh, thing. And the only, what's going to be stock about it is I'm just going to load all my buses. They're the same buses for everyone. And if now that you can have a million, if I have a snare three bus that I don't need on that one, it's just whatever it's that that's going to make it so much. I think I'm going to, that's something I've been meaning to do is to put together like a template, so to speak, but the templates really own only for busing. This is the perfect time to do it. Um, you know, uh, I, I have one of those that I've spent a lot of time with, um, that probably eliminates, I would say the first eight hours of starting from scratch. Um, it's just all my busing that I always do, um, Mm -hmm. exists. Um, and, uh, there's even like plugin paths are patched in it, in those busing. Um, I can't remember what else is going on there, but you know, like all the stuff like low pass filter, high pass filters and gate on, maybe not in, but they're on so that all I have to do is grab it. Right. I don't have to do two button pushes. Um, EQ is in right. You know, on all the channels, (laughs) even though uh, there may not be EQ on that channel, it's still engaged, you know? Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, anyway, I, I do, I do have a template that I, I start with. That's cool. I need to do that. And mine also would include, like, I always include in mine all the extraneous bullshit on a big tour that comes your way. Like, uh, hey, man, I'm Kevin from video. Can we get like 16 lines for the run through? <laughs> Fuck no, you cannot. You know, like, I'm I'll Kevin build. from video. That's <laughs> yeah. the fucking, that's you the best line ever. You uh, see that dude walking. You're uh, like, oh, all right, he's got a whatever tour hoodie on. We've never spoken. And, and here he comes. Here it comes. So I'll build all that. I'll have shit like, you know, LD will, will take, you know, mono one side, time code another to do their, to, for their program. I mean, I'll have all that shit built because that's the stuff that drives me crazy. I'm cool with dealing with audio stuff, but routing yep. to various other departments and stuff is just, I hate it. So I'll just try to, 
the stress oh, minimizer, man. Yeah, you yeah, know? totally, totally, totally. Uh, you just made me think about, you know, uh, more things that's in my template is like you, all my output routing is all patched. Like the matrix, I always have the same yeah. kind of matrix stuff me going too. on. I me always too. have the same macros going on. So right. all that stuff yep. is in there um, yep. ready to go so that I, you know, I'm not starting from a, uh, you know, whatever, a session structured, you know, yeah. zero, zero point. You know, and it's cool when you've got all those, particularly busing, where you're not having to like session restructure all the time and save version 17 when you could be on version three or something. Yep. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah. So great so, idea. And, look at those, look at guys, look at that offline software too. It's like, have fun with it. I mean, yeah, time. It's like a video game. This is great. I'm moving <laughs> channels around and I'm pulling shit from other shows with other right. bands. I'm dropping it in. I'm like, yeah. this is great. You know, well, I, I, it is fun because it's kind of a puzzle, right? Like you get this mm -hmm. input list and you're like, okay, how am I going to fit all this? Ah, shit, the drums are 13 channels. So now I have this right. extra channel that's hanging out. What the yeah. fuck am I going to do with that? You know, right. um, it's all of that kind of stuff you're sorting out before you arrive. Um, mm -hmm. so, um, cool. Uh, and then comes rehearsals. What? <laughs> and then you're there. And at this yeah. point, it's in before that, it is back and forth with the sound coming. I'm super diligent about has this been checked? Yep. Has have you? I mean, oftentimes I'll go to the sound company if I can. Yes. And be a part of. It. Sometimes you can't. I know. And like a big thing for me, we talk about playback. Is I'm like, make sure the record rig is working. Either I send a session. Or build a session, have you confirmed it? That's part of your line. You know, all of that stuff so that we can hit the ground running. So, yeah, at that point in time, you just show up and you're, you know, you're unlidden stuff. And it's, that's a fun feeling too, but it's also a little little tense as you're like, is everything where I need it? <laughs> um, I mean, I know you roll your own gear usually. I do um, usually, but but, but uh, a lot of times I don't too. But, but yeah, um, I, you brought up a really great point. Honestly, probably the first couple of days of rehearsals for me is just data collection. Like literally mm -hmm. the record rig better be working from the downbeat that they start playing because what I spend my time doing while they're rehearsing is literally just collecting that data so that after they leave, I can spend seven hours by myself in my own little room chipping away at it right yep so if the record rig is not functioning or it, you know that part of me it makes me terrified if that's not working yes. because then i don't have that time to myself to get it to a point where i think other people can listen now Right. Mm. Like if I don't get that, if I don't have a record rig, rig working properly and I'm trying to do all that while they're doing rehearsals and they're starting and they're stopping and they're, you know, I mean, it's the first day. So they're not even playing a, a full song or maybe they're only playing one song, you know, whatever. Um, me trying to frantically make all that work without having the time of later on with the record rig um, is terrifying to me now. That, so, that, that day is a failure when yes, that happens. That's it, right. You know what I mean? And because, in, and you and I have spoken very, very openly about it, that is our workflow now. Yep. Can we do it where we don't have it? Of course we can. Of but course. that's not the way I train. 
You know yeah. what I mean? That's not the way I work. That's not my process. Um, and having it, if you, when you know, when you know it's rolling and you know it's working, that allows you to sit there and like with confidence, just fuck with the drums. Totally. Just listen to the tracks and pull things in and out. Be, you need to stay present enough when they're like, hey, did you notice da 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 Even if it's just like, oh, uh, yeah, in the bridge, you're really not. <laughs> because I know I've got it. I know I've got it and I'm going to work on it later. So it totally. just, it's just, uh, yeah, yep. it's, it, 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 do it. <laughs> it is. Yeah, do it. Um, do it. Do it. Um, cool. And then, um, you know, I think we've spoken a little bit about our process past that point. It's like, you know, um, I mean, basically, I uh, am on a schedule so that I know in any situation that by day two or maybe mm-hmm. the first part of day three, there's mm-hmm. going to be people like yeah. up my butt and wanting to start hearing things like yes. generally they'll leave you alone for the first day and most of the second day to let you kind of get your shit together. But by the end of the second day, you kind of better have something that you're ready to present to yep. other people. And so that's why it's so important that you have this, you know, um, file when you get there, you're not, building a file while, while frantically trying to create something, um, you know, Mm -hmm. by, by the second day. Um, you know, something, something as well, it's important. Part of my process, if I, again, knowing I have playback is I like to say, I just want to get on the mat with it for a while. I just need to roll with it. I need to see where it goes. And there'll be those, a lot of times, you know, you'll have that kind of half-assed first day and levels are changing and shit's everywhere. And somebody will come in and, and, you know, they'll be like, you know, I think that's changing tomorrow and this and that. And I, that to me, I don't stop working. I'm like, that's fine. Yeah. I'm in it now. Like that's I'm it. in it. I'm just, even if it changes, I'm just want to see where it goes yeah. and I'll take it. I'll fuck it up and I'll bring it back and I'll fuck it up again and I'll bring it back and I'll explore and I'll get to know it. And it's just, just a matter of getting you in it, you know? Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, and then for me, the rest of rehearsals is, you know, fine tuning, getting everything perfect, you know, um, to the best of my abilities, uh, which then they completely fuck up by going to a large, (laughs) a large venue, um, and all the levels change and everything uh, suddenly changes. Everyone's running around now. Everyone's playing harder. (laughs) Um, but you know, I mean, uh, I used to get panicked about that. I don't anymore because I know that that is usually the case. And when it doesn't happen are the times that I'm like, wow, okay, cool. You know? Yeah. And we also know too that that's part of the process. It is. You know, getting to that arena, turning it on, um, but uh, or wherever it is, you know, yeah. just doing that. Yeah. But I, I wanted to point out real quick before we move on, we talk about getting the gig. How do we, what's our process? How do we get the gig? What's our process? During that prep process, you know, I'll make a point to try. I mean, I'll I'll know, I'll know like who's doing the mics. What's that person's name? You know, and I'll call them. Hey, man, I just want to make sure you saw on those four fourteen. That's great. That's I'm great. talking about the QLS. I'm not talking about the new Harmon thing with the cute light when you play. Or, or I'm, you know, did you see that part? And like, I'll put beta 91 a a and bold and underline like i mean it on everything and i'll call and follow up who's prepping it who's doing the rap who's doing the, i'll get i'll just just so they know that i care 
you know, that's, that's an important part of it too. That's, that's really good to point out the, the paperwork part of this. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so you're in rehearsals. I mean, we're lucky we get rehearsals that are, you know, long periods of time with artists. Um, I know that some of you out there don't have that, or maybe you only have a couple of days, but if your paperwork is in order, when, you know, when we're in rehearsals, there's, may, there's a totally small, limited crew. Usually, my system engineer isn't there. Usually, you might have one stage patcher that might be doing the tour. Right. Um, and, and so, when you show up on production rehearsal day, there is now a group of six other people that are showing up to something that you've been a part of for a month. Mm-hmm. And so what I do is really the last few days of rehearsals is hone in on all that paperwork so that when those new six people show up, I can, here's, you know, here you go. Here's a, here's a pamphlet of the four sheets that you need. You don't even need to ever talk to me. All the information is right here. If you have a question, come see me, but listen, every single detail of where stuff needs to go is in this four page um, and mm-hmm. I give it to all six um, on the crew. And generally, that works out great because they don't have a, you know, I hate being in a situation where there's, you know, five people coming up to me going, well, where does this go? And does this, do I know anything about this? And where does this happen? What's happening? You know, that's already happening to me from other departments. Like, yes. you know, lighting right. guys and video guys and whatever are all going, well, where does this go to that? You know, I don't yep. need it to be happening in my own department, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I just wanted to point out that the, the paperwork part of this is super important. Um, That's a great point. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, and, and there's reassurance and also, and I mean, I don't mean this in a shitty way. There's also power in it. The reassurance is that you know you've already thought about it. So it's not a panic moment when it comes yeah. up and, and the power moment simply means you can confidently stand by, no, that was discussed. Yep. Which, you know, which is another way of saying, so if it's not done, it do it, you know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> it, yeah. it was agreed upon. It was, this is, trust me, it's right here, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, you know, let's talk a little bit about the dynamic. We're getting close to the end here, but let's talk a little bit about the dynamic of, uh, the crew and your interaction. These are people that are hired by the sound company to show up. Um, they're not your employee. However, you are in charge of this. There can be a crew chief for Claire brothers. Let's say he's the crew chief, right? Um, but ultimately when something fails in Soundland, I'm the guy that gets pulled into a dressing room and has to, you know, account for it. Um, and so this gives, I want to establish a relationship with every single person on that sound crew, uh, in a good way, not in a, you know, I'm the fucking boss, you know, but in a way of like, okay, man, listen, I'm your guy. Come to me. I'm, uh, you know, I don't ever use the, I'm your boss, but I'm like, you know, it's, it's kind of unspoken that, you know, whatever you need, I have the answers for it, you know? Um, uh, and I think if you establish that relationship from the beginning, um, then uh, the people that you work with have a lot of respect for you, um, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, um, oh, 100%. And I, I like to think of it too as, you know, you and I, everyone's collective and respective efforts show up. We're the sieve at the very end. We, we're both on the receiving end of making sure that this 270 hang was pinned correctly and the bass player's effort. I mean, there's a number of things yes. that fall in our lap at the end. And how could we not want to know what's going on? Yeah. And, I mean, I genuinely care about your, your effort and your input uh, in the process because it's going to end up in my hands anyway. You know? That's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so, and it, that's also a way of letting people know, like, hey, I value what you do. That's you know right. what I mean? Even the eighth guy on some giant tour, 100% it's his or her output uh, means something, you know? Yeah. I think the theme for this whole path that we've taken right up to production rehearsals and, and you know, I think in the SE thing, we talked to uh, kind of what our day-to-day -day is during show period. So I think this is a good time to stop. We've come to a place now where it's like, okay, this is what we're doing during production rehearsals. Um, but um, I think the theme behind all of this is relationships, right? So how do we get the job? Having relationships. How do we keep the job? Having relationships. How do we get to a production rehearsal and get what we need out of these hardworking six people? Relationships. So mm -hmm. you notice in all of that, we've talked a little bit about gear today, but in all of that, we haven't really said anything about being a right. mixer or gear, right? <laughs> yeah. Like all yeah. of this is how do I deal with people? Um, and how do I nurture a relationship with somebody in order to get what I need from them. Um, you know, I, I, I can't stress this enough. I tell people this all the time. It's the most important part of this job um, is, is not you being the best mixer and you knowing what the latest piece of gear is. Although that's important, it's, you, you can't even get there without you know, having a, a, a relationship with the people surrounding you. You can't even get the job without having those relationships. So right. um, anyway, uh, any, any last little thing you want to throw in? No, not really. I mean, uh, no, I think this is good. I feel good. At, I feel good about imparting some of this too, because yeah, this is, so. this should be stuff you're proud of. You should be proud of these relationships, you know, hundred percent, hundred percent. Anyway, um, thanks a lot for coming guys. We sure do appreciate it. Get your friends to subscribe. Um, we got big things coming. We're going to keep doing this, and uh, we're, we're, we're working on some things for you guys out there. So uh, we're, lo we're looking forward to that. Um, so thanks a lot for coming, guys. See you next time. See you, everybody.